Prepare the way for the Lord. Amen. My dear Christian friends, have any of you read Mary Shelley's classic novel, Frankenstein? And if you haven't, I'm sure all of you have seen some kind of iteration of Frankenstein's monster in the movies over the years. And you know the premise. Dr. Frankenstein creates a big dude out of old dead body parts. And then Igor uses an abnormal brain to put in the monster. At least that's the way it is in Young Frankenstein. And then the monster is, can't be controlled by Dr. Frankenstein or the crowd, and it goes on a rampage. And as the master, monster goes on its terror spree, the good doctor feels helpless to stop it. And that's where we get the modern Id- idiom of creating a monster. As we look out at our society and how it deals with the big issues of the day, we can say that we have created a monster, and that monster is wokeness. When I introduced this sermon series a few weeks ago, there were people that came to me and said that they had no idea what wokeness was. And yet there were a lot of people when I introduced a series that were nodding their heads in agreement because they have encountered this insidious monster. Over the next few weeks in our sermons and in our Bible studies, we're going to be looking more in depth at this pagan religion of wokeness. But more than that, we are going to prepare you to give an answer to this new pagan religion. And we're doing this during the season of Advent because a major theme of Advent is wake up. And so our theme is waking up instead of being woke. Wokeness has infiltrated workplaces, corporations, military, the government, Hollywood, media, public schools, universities, and so many other significant institutions in our culture. Wokeness divides people. It divides people based on race and skin color or sexual identity and gender or disabilities or a whole host of other things. An example of this is how Merriam-Webster's dictionary has recently defined colorblind as being racist. Not my kind of colorblindness, but the kind of colorblindness where you cannot see another person's skin color. Well, that is exactly the opposite of what we all learned to love from Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous freedom speech. I look to the day when people will be judged, by the color, judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. But this divisive thinking is not only directed at adults. It is specifically directed at our children. In a recent PSA for the Cartoon Network, the last slide says, See color. Be anti-racist. Now, a tendency that we have as Christians in when we see this kind of stuff is to rightly get righteously upset and then complain about it amongst each other, but then turn away from it, uh, mind our own business, hope and pray that will all go away. 
but it hasn't gone away. And it won't go away because these are demonic lies. And Jesus says that lies like these are like yeast that will work its way through the entire batch of dough. So instead of ignoring the culture and ceding the culture over to anti-Christian forces, we as Christians need to engage the culture. We need to draw the culture back to Christ. We engage the woke with God's word. Wokeness wants fragmented groups. And so we need to keep preaching about the fellowship that we enjoy in the gospel. St. Paul writes to the Philippians, I thank my God every time I remember you, every time I pray for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. St. Paul was encouraged by the Christians in Philippi. They were the only ones that Paul accepted help during his ministry. And more than that, the Philippians also sent Epaphroditus as a co-worker of the gospel to encourage Paul while he was in imprisonment in Rome. Paul writes, I am equally convinced that it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart for both in my chains and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all share in this grace with me. God has, by his grace, brought us into the fellowship of the Christian church. He takes all of our fractured families and he brings us into the fellowship and the family of the Christian church. Because in the Christian church, we don't see skin color or finances or disabilities or sexual identity or anything else that the world uses to judge us upon and divide us upon. The one thing that we all have in common is sin. This sin that we were born in. And so being born in nature, in sin, we belong to the devil. But then in our baptism, the Holy Spirit ripped us out of the devil's clutches and placed us into the hands of our good shepherd. And now we have been brought, the scripture says, into a unity of peace. Therefore, we encourage one another. We contribute to the needs of one another. We are hospitable toward one one another. We sing and work and play and pray with and for one another. Wokeness teaches that there is no created order. Our children are watching TikTok videos of other young people telling them that Gender is fluid and that it will change multiple times during the course of a single day. There is no divine design in wokeness. Only a person's identity that he or she feels in their heart. And then expecting others to confirm their chosen path. But as Christians, we must combat this idea that the only way to love other people is to accept their chosen lifestyle. We must combat the notion that there is no longer anything that is sinful or immoral. We go on the offensive by preaching and teaching what love really is. Paul says, And I pray that your love may still increase more and more in the knowledge and insight 
But it is not enough for us to just say that we are against the changing of genders and how cruel and offensive it is, especially to those whom wokeness is saying they're trying to protect. We need to be able to articulate why we think that. We tell them that in the beginning, God knew what he was doing in creating two sexes, two distinct sexes of man and woman, and blurring or erasing those distinctions between the sexes robs humanity of a divinely crafted balance. It is unloving for us to accept the lie, but it is actually loving for us to tell people what God's word really says, to correct gently with the truth. And we remind people that there is beauty in femininity. And we tell people that there is power and purpose in masculinity. We join with Paul in praying that those to whom we preach will grow in their knowledge and insight of the Lord. But here's the key. Those whom are listening to us can only grow in knowledge and insight of the Lord if what? If we are talking to them about God. Love is lacking when we are silent. But love is on display when we help people learn that God loves them. And then we pray that the Holy Spirit will work through God's love so that they respond by loving God in return. And we tell them that we have a God who does not love them from afar. He's not up in heaven on his throne calling down to us, Hey, down there, I love you. No, the season of Advent is all about God coming to us. God does not expect us to come to him first, but God comes to us in the flesh of Jesus Christ. Love is on display in the manger, in the Jordan, in the desert, in the upper room, on the cross, and in and out of the tomb. A God who loves us just the way we are, but a God who loves us too much to let us stay that way. God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ to save us, to save us from ourselves, to turn our bodies into temples of the Holy Spirit, to turn our minds to God's divine will, to turn our lives of self-centeredness into lives of self-sacrifice. Wokeness is about holding people accountable to the masses. The Twitter mob excoriates. The woke corporations pull their sponsorships. The offended show up to protest. There's no forgiveness in wokeness. There are only apologies and groveling and penance because that's the way of the world. We Christians wake people up with a very different way of the divine. That when someone messes up, whether they say or do or tweet something, something that is harmful or hurtful or just plain stupid, we tell them that there is forgiveness. That Jesus Christ paid the price for all of our hurtful words, our harmful actions, our mean tweets, and anything else that we mess up. He took all of our rottenness and blame. 
And now through Jesus Christ, St. Paul tells us that the Holy Spirit makes us pure and blameless for the day of Jesus Christ. Now there's so much more that we can talk about on the subject of wokeness. And we'll save that for the other sermons and Bible classes in this series. And I pray that you come to those Bible classes as we look more in depth at this topic. But we have time for one more thing that Paul writes about to the Philippians. Wokeness is about making ourselves appear righteous to the world. But wokeness clearly states that one skin color cannot ever be righteous. And another skin color can never be not righteous. That one skin color can never do enough to be right. And another skin color is always right. But if it's not right, it is the fault of the oppressors of a lighter skin color. That's harmful. It's hateful. It is non-Christian. It is a demonic worldview. And that is why we Christians must step into the fray with our very Christian worldview. That we as Christians are filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Because true righteousness is not about what you say or don't say. It is not about what you do or don't do. It's not about what you look like or don't look like. True righteousness is about what Christ has made you to be. He has made you righteous through his righteousness. God doesn't look at your skin color or your gender or your intelligence or your influence or eloquence or anything else that the world will judge you upon. Christ only looks to see whether or not you have faith in him as your savior, whether you have accepted his righteousness as your own and are then bearing the fruits of righteousness. Or if you're trying to live this world through your own faulty, misguided righteousness. We are living in a woke world that separates people into all kinds of little tribes. But we in the Christian church, it's the exact opposite. Jesus unites us from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Wokeness is Frankenstein's monster. But in the end, but at least in young Frankenstein, love conquers the beast. So fellow Christians, don't Hide, don't cower, don't shirk from your responsibilities. Wake up and wake up the woke around you. Wake them up with Christ's divine order and love. Wake them up by preaching and proclaiming Christ's righteousness that unifies all of our little tribes into the fellowship of the Christian church. Amen.